0: It is Tuesday, January 3rd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. A scary
1: scene postpones Monday Night Football. And we're still waiting on answers for what happens in week 18. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas.
0: We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Let's get you caught up on everything you need to know to start your day.
1: Bill's Bengals postponed
0: after a scary injury. And that's really what we're going to start with the show. There's that's no, the Vegas there's no lead. Digging around. We, we'll go over plenty of the bowl games that happened. Certainly uh, exciting bowl games on New Year's Day, parentheses, observed.
1: Donovan when, Mitchell scores 71 points. Yep, yeah, we'll get there. Winter
0: Classic was a fun event at Fenway Park, but the, the headline is... What occurred in Cincinnati last night? Bengals and the Bills, an incredible game. We were all waiting to see what happened and the ramifications for the playoff picture. The game gets postponed after DeMar Hamlin collapses on the field, is taken to the hospital, a scary situation where he's receiving CPR on the field for nine minutes. The players around him clearly distraught. There was no way that they were going to play this game, A.J., and social media went crazy because the NFL didn't make a decision yet. Everyone was waiting to see what would happen. Let's, let's caution, you know, everybody. Listen, At, in real time, when it's going down, no one knew the situation. Now, the next morning, we can all react to it. The reality is this game got postponed, and we don't know if it's going to be played. And the more important aspect is the health and the safety of DeMar Hamlin, who is in critical condition at a hospital in Cincinnati. Steve Fezic, the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, joins us this morning on AM. Fez, I know you and RJ talked about this last night. I actually am going to play a snippet of what you guys talked about. But in terms of the betting ramifications, because – That's what a lot of people were even talking about on social media last night. I'll be a little bit insensitive at the moment, but still this is the reality of the business that we're in. This is kind of, is this unprecedented or have we seen this happen before a game getting postponed that we don't know if it's ever going to get made up?
2: We certainly see it in college football all the time. I'll use an example, uh, University of Virginia. I had a bet under on Virginia and they... Wound up um, not playing the full allotment of games, so I brought my ticket in. This was I made the wager at Coast Properties, expecting a refund. Gave my ticket, winner. Why? Well, I'm sure that the house rules for the Coast Properties probably says Virginia has to play six or more games. Mm-hmm. You know, it varies shop by shop. So there are no rules regarding this. If it turns out that Cincinnati and Buffalo only play 16 games this year, which I personally think would be the correct thing for the NFL to do yeah. and just cancel this game. The But that's another, here they're there. We're talking about, you know, if they only played 16, some shops are going to say, must play 17 games for good of action. You're going to get a refund. Even if you played the Bengals over and the Bills over and it's already won, you're going to get a refund. Other places are going to say team only had to play 16 games or 15 games, and then they will grade the ticket.
0: It's It's certainly an interesting conversation. I know people are going to be confused about it. I feel like some of the online books, though, and AJ, tell me if, if you know anything about this. Do some of the online books already pay out winners if you have a, a season win total? Like once they get over that win total, did some of those books pay it out, right?
1: Yes. They already most of them already have paid out. Once you once you're locked into an over, they will pay you out because they want you to keep putting action in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even if they didn't have that rule, I would feel like internet pressure would would force them to pay out the Bills and Bengals winners, and that's something that the FanDuel's and DraftKings of the world deal with that the brick-and-mortars here don't necessarily deal with. It feels like the shops in Vegas are much less – like South Point is much more likely to say, sorry, the rules are printed clearly here, you know how it works, whereas at FanDuel and DraftKings, you get enough people retweet and you say, hey, this is wrong, they just say, you know what, let's just pay it out anyway.
2: Yeah, and it, it beca- it's a – there's so many different bets that we can talk about. It gets really complicated. So what are you going to do about division bets, for instance, you know, um, and the like? Do those have stipulations that the team must play? Usually most places don't have those stipulations. You should still have action, certainly to win the Super Bowl, should still have action. What if you bet a two-team teaser? Let's say you've teased Pittsburgh to Cincinnati and you're 1-0 and then this game gets canceled well, I would imagine the very vast majority of books are just going to give you a refund and give you your money back. So that's, you know, that's unfortunate. That's just part of the betting yeah, like aspect. Right now,
0: right now, Cincinnati wins the division. If the, this game is canceled, Cincinnati wins the division. Yeah, yeah. So regardless of what happens in week 18, does that mean that if you had a bet on Cincinnati to win the division, you get paid out, they win the division. You're going to win. You're yeah, gonna there's there's no stipulation on how that, yeah. many games no. they play. They won the division. That's right. So your bet is to win the division. They won the division. And, yeah, I believe that is the case with uh, certainly the Fandos and the DraftKings of the world is that as soon as the team wins. So if you took over 10 and a half, uh, was that the number on the Bengals preseason? I believe it was 10 maybe? Yeah, 10. Okay, you took over 10. The Bengals already have 11 wins. As soon as they won that 11th game, you got your money. Yes. You got paid already.
2: And now if, if you lost, I don't know if they graded it yet. Oh, if you took I don't oh, know if, if you, you took, I, I, uh, I don't, under yeah, because obviously, if you took under, you could and they grade it as a loss. You can contact them and say,
1: "I didn't lose that." Like if you took Colts over, uh, or what, Well, In this case,
2: know. if you took Buffalo under, yeah.
1: Okay. They,
2: they, now it's a push. It, yeah. it, it, if DraftKings indeed has the rule, mm-hmm. and you'd have to go into the fine print and see what the rule is yeah. for the for that specific book. It varies, like I said, book to book. And this is true. Also, this always happens. Uh, it's not unprecedented in individual games. Venue changes change of dates, and like every mm-hmm. book has different rules, and a lot of books went to COVID rules that they just said, hey, if they play the game within a week at any location, we're still going to grade it. Other books, you got to play it within a day. It all varies by book. You know, book. this is
0: where like the, the COVID experience comes in handy, because the books all dealt with situations like this over the past couple of years with games getting canceled, so they I'm sure they... Built in safeguards or certain new rules or stipulations about games getting postponed or canceled.
1: Yes. And maybe then, the first person to ever say, This is where COVID came in handy.
0: I'm not talking, <laughs> I'm just saying the experience. How about this? You learn from your experiences, AJ. How about Take the positive from the negative?
2: How about a prop bet? Let's say you bet the first quarter to go over nine and a half points. Is
0: no, a- all bets on la- the game are void.
2: They're already 10
0: all- scored. All bets on the game are <laughs> yeah. void.
2: How about- oh, how- you say that. I'm not so sure. What if you bet, like, will there be a score in the first six and a half minutes? Is that voided? They, they played six and a half minutes. I don't know. It depends on the house rules. Yeah. yeah. maybe those well, are my books like, like, if you bet in a baseball game and said, will there be a run scored in the in first, the first inning, inning and it gets rained out in the fifth inning? Does do you have action? I don't know. Depends upon it's, the rules of the book. It's
0: house rules, yeah. yeah. Is it an official game or not?
2: So
1: let's talk. Does, does it have to be an official game? I don't know. Yeah. Let's talk about this from a like. Let's kind of try to put ourselves in the shoes of these. Uh, of let's start with Buffalo. When they do play again, what like what do we expect that to look like? Do we expect it to be? I mean, let's assume right now, and let's just again, there will be an update sometime today on his his health. Mm-hmm. For now, let's assume that he is going to be okay. They they said they've, his vitals are stabilized, but he's not going to play again this year. Let's just let's assume those two things.
2: I think everything's a okay.
1: You think that they go out and you get a a, a natural, you know, full full fledged effort from them.
2: If not, and even above average effort, as okay. long as he's okay, as long as he makes and and obviously our hopes and prayers, and that's all that's important is. Um, That the player in question, you know, does have a full recovery,
1: and what well, and what this would do now is put the Bills in a spot where they may not have full motivation next time they play because Kansas City may have already locked up the one seed because
2: Kansas City plays Saturday. Saturday. Kansas City only is can finish fourteen and three, and the best that the Bills could do would be thirteen and three, so they would at best get the number two seed, and thus. I mean, there's motivation to get the two seed versus the three, but do they really care,
0: you know? Right. Yeah. I don't know. And and it's also, think about it from the Patriots'
1: perspective. Well, and the Bengals have already won the, the Bengals. Bengals won now, the they've won the yeah. division. Unless, they don't have unless the game is sure. made up, which we believe is very unlikely. Right, right.
2: I can't imagine them
0: making
1: up. The I don't game. know how they do it. Like I don't know how no. how they could make Logist- it work logistically. logistically.
0: It wouldn't work out unless you're postponing everyone by a week, yeah, which
1: exactly. which isn't going to happen.
0: Yeah. yeah it, well, well I've, I've heard
2: build. on social media the the only um, suggested solution, which they would never do, is to, to, to um, go ahead and postpone the AFC by one week.
1: Oh yeah, and in then the give playoffs. the NFC a week of rest exactly. in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm sure that yeah, they'd go over real well. Well, they do have what you could
0: do is you postpone everybody by a week, and then there is no gap week between the Championship Sunday and the Super Bowl. You have that built in off weekend. Yeah. So if they wanted to, they could not have uh, Pro Bowl games. Shut up! You cannot have that week of gap. And you could just have that be championship mm-hmm. Sunday and then the Super Bowl is the following week. So if you wanted to play this game, you
1: would It'd be play. a standalone game it on a Sunday.
0: Be, it would be a standalone game on the Saturday or Sunday. And then you would give everybody a week. So it's essentially everyone's getting a bye. The number one
1: seeds would get
0: Double a bye. week break, mm-hmm. which
1: Philadelphia Eagles end up with a 2 Let week me just week say break. that. Let's <laughs> just stop. That's not going to happen. Okay, I, I, don't, I don't think yeah. there's a world where that happens. Okay. I, like, I don't think they, I don't think there's a world where they say and it's such a clean slate. And just when's the say, Pro Bowl happen? Just say the there is
0: the, no game though. It's the Pro Bowls, flag football. Think, think of it.
1: Just
2: say the Buffalo Cincinnati game is is a no contest, and these teams are playing sixteen games. And I apologize to all the fantasy football people that just got eliminated in the playoffs. That that's life happens. There's a more. The breaks. So yeah. There's a lot of things more more happen. And I might add too, I don't want to get mad at me. If you like, if 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 you have like this fantasy football league that like you had a twenty dollar buy in, you know, and you're about to become the, the the champion of it, and you're upset about this, you know, get a life. Get well, also, realize I mean, what's important in the world and spend more time with your family
1: yeah, and stop uh, worrying I, I, about stupidity. But the, you like know, that. there's going to be people who are mad about that. There's going to be people who are mad who are wondering about uh, the super contest or circa millions or whatever. You know what? And
2: if you were about to win the million dollars, get upset,
1: okay? If you're about to maybe like place in the money and get
2: thirty eight hundred dollars, you know what? Volunteer your time at some, at, yeah. at, at some, um, uh, and help some people.
0: Listen, I tweeted out one word last night, and it's the only thing that I could even think about. It's the it was the thing that came to my mind, and it literally in, encapsulates everything. I tweeted out one word. I said perspective. Exactly. That's it. Because a moment like what we saw last night, really, all you can do is. Look at it. Take it 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 puts things into perspective.
2: Hug your kids.
0: Absolutely.
2: Um if you've got older parents, remember they're not gonna be with you um the rest of your life and you know, spend more time with them.
0: Yes. It, it's just it's a you feel for the players, especially, you know. I I was talking to AJ Fez before the show, and you know, we were talking about the players' reaction. These guys are used to seeing each other get hurt. Yes. They're used to seeing a guy on the floor writhing in pain. Heck, some of these players, unfortunately, might have seen somebody get seriously injured, paralyzed maybe. Some guys do snow angels next to guys writhing well, in pain. We, I mean, we saw that. We certainly saw that on Sunday. But no, like I, I remember watching Eric LeGrand from Rutgers get paralyzed on the kickoff play against oh. Navy. And how the players responded to that. You know, you see players see people get hurt all the time. What they saw last night, though, was not a player get hurt. They saw, again, I'm not trying to be insensitive. He did suffer cardiac arrest. They saw a man die. Yes. And had to be brought back to life with a defibrillator and CPR. That is something that I don't know how these players react to. I don't know how they recover from that.
2: I mean, deeply disturbing to just being a fan, just a fan of the game. Yep. It's just you, when you, you're, and you know, I, I like to think that being a parent has made given me more of that perspective. Mm-hmm. And like my son was like so troubled by this, you know, he was like, this is supposed to be like a big game. He's just getting old enough to like appreciate football. And it was, it was, it was hard for him to see you know what's going on. You know, what do you mean? How could that happen?
0: Yeah. Well, we we pray that he's all right. The reports coming out of Buffalo late last night were that – or coming out of Cincinnati from the Buffalo Bills were saying, AJ, you said that it, it, the, the vitals were stabilizing and that yeah. he was, you know, being monitored and they were running more and tests.
1: About half the team stayed back in Cincinnati. Yep. About half the team went to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, that's why I was asking about next weekend because it feels like no, at a minimum, routine is thrown off. Yep. You know, and in a worst-case scenario, they get bad news, and then there is I, no don't, game I don't know game. if they play next week. Uh, they would not. They would not. They would
0: not, yeah. they would not play. If yeah. they get bad news, they would not play.
1: And then you say, what okay, does it matter? well, we're the three seed. Okay. Yeah, what does it yeah. matter? Yeah. It's like these people like, oh, you got to play the game. No, you don't. We'll play, we'll play in, two, in two weeks. It's a, we'll st- see yep. then. It's a
2: stupid football game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you put things in perspective. I don't care if you're the two, the three, the four seed. You put everyone in the playoffs, you play in two weeks. Fine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, look, it brought me back to – to times and 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 I want to give credit where credits due. I thought the broadcast on ESPN did as good of a job as they could have done in this situation. I thought Ryan Clark with Scott Van Pelt was incredible. Okay, I, yeah. Last night, I agree with you. After
1: the game ended, yes, I I thought the the Schefter Booger McFarland. Uh, well, they were shell shocked. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it was just very uncomfortable. Uh, and like they kept going to commercial, and then they'd say, "We'll be right back," and then they'd come back. Yep. And they say, okay, nothing's changed. We're going to commercial again. And it's yeah, like, no, I thought, you got to say something.
0: I thought Aikman did a tremendous job with Joe Buck. And Aikman did everything that I wanted Booger McFarlane to do. Because Aikman was talking about it from a player's perspective, from a teammate's yes. perspective. And Booger was a little bit, you know, he was overwhelmed by the moment. But it, it's...
2: I think I, that's a good thing,
0: though. Yeah, I of think course. You, I
2: think you should be overwhelmed yeah. by the moment. And, you know, and so many of people like... like I'll go back to i and I don't want to supercharge anything, but it's not obvious how important and how significant things are. All right, mm-hmm. when um when I woke at nine eleven, I heard about a a plane crash that had occurred in New York City. It was not obvious what was going on, right?
1: You know, yeah. Uh, and sometimes it takes some some time to figure out what exactly what yeah. it means. Uh, but I thought you know
0: I was I, I was doing live radio on nationally syndicated when Kobe Bryant died, uh-huh. and I just remember everything that went into that broadcast. And it was the hardest show I've ever done in my career. And I could just imagine what the crew was going through last night with the uncertainty of what was going on on the field. And I just want to commend people in our in our industry for doing, you know, what they were able to do last night. Uh, as far as all the ramifications... Most of, people. Most people. As far as all the ramifications go of this game not being played, what it means for Week 18... Fezzik, you and RJ talked about it last night on a special
2: podcast. Let's give a listen.
3: You've got a pretty strong opinion about that, and your thought is this game is not being played. This will be an unplayed game.
2: Yes, I believe it will be a no contest. It will be, be deemed as just having ne- never occurred. It won't be rescheduled because there's no good alternative to reschedule. We talk about player safe and, and health and safety. The only alternative would have been, oh, we'll try to get these teams to maybe play Wednesday, and then they got to play Monday and then they got to play in the playoffs on Saturday possibly you can see now we're talking about players not having enough time to prepare with short weeks for the for the playoffs that that's just not going to happen the clean it's not fair but the cleanest way and the right way in my opinion to do this this is a no contest. It doesn't
3: count in the standings. Well, hold on, hold on. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really matter what you think. It's like what you're saying. I mean, just to be clear, I never heard you say it like that. What I think should happen is what you think is practically possible. You can't – what would be the way – I mean, maybe instead of saying it doesn't seem likely or whatever, can you come up with a scenario that would be practically reasonable for them to play this game?
2: The only one that I heard that I thought was viable is that the AFC – Postpones or, or schedules a week back into the playoffs, so they 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 postpone the playoffs start for a week to enable Buffalo and Cincinnati to play this game. Um, um, so then the NFC
3: and AFC would be askew in the weeks they were. Yeah, it's just
2: not. Yes, that's the only possible viable solution. I don't think it's even viable. I think it's just that too would make convoluted. the number
3: one. That would make the number one seat almost a disadvantage. It could, I mean, yes, I guess week. the rest part would because yeah. now you'd have two weeks, which isn't where there's no games going on, and it
2: would give the NFC teams an advantage versus for the Super Bowl the, in theory. The yes. Well, it certainly
3: would give the number one seed a big advantage in the yeah. NFC. Yeah, that doesn't even see. Yeah, with all the way they plan orchestrate this stuff, that NFC championship or that championship weekend, which is like the second biggest week, Yeah, I don't see that. So other than that, now, but really, if they did play. I, mean, I just keep going back to like this idea of the game being played would have been so hard. Is would they be ready Wednesday? Like whatever effect you're talking about, when does that when does that dissipate? When do you think does that uh, is that gone? That effect? depends on the recovery of the player. Okay, so let's say he dies. Then what happens?
2: I'm worried about what Buffalo's going to do if, he, if if he should pass away. Yeah, would they will they be willing to play next week? I don't know. Well, I don't know.
3: But I don't understand the difference with this coach that died. I mean, that's the part I don't understand. He wasn't
2: participating in the game on the field and, yeah. and collapsed.
3: Yeah. So, but but again, we're back to that idea yeah. of if he was on the field and collapsed on the field and died. Would that would that have been different? That would have been even worse. For yes. the well, the coach would have been worse, yeah. but but would have been worse enough
2: I, I don't know. It's yeah. unprecedented. It's so extreme. I can't even. I. I. I you know. I'm. I'm. I'm humbled. To even like think it. I shouldn't even be talking about it.
3: Well, you. <laughs> you know. I mean,
2: it's just beyond me. I mean. I mean.
3: Uh, I guess when Daryl Stingley got so there's been there's been multiple there's been multiple um paralyzed people on the field right Stingley's the one I remember the the most I I won I know Shazier got hurt bad in that Bengals game cheap shot there was
2: another Detroit lineman right that that like struggled to walk the rest of
3: his life is that right yeah. I don't and, second year player and, and oh I'm sorry good but I, I guess my point would be um wow if you knew that's an interesting question if you saw the player on the field and he's like, par- like they're going, yeah. He it looks like he's, you know, his, his fifth vertebrae or whatever. That to me feels almost more uh, traumatic than now. Listen, if the player died on the field, yeah, but he's taken away. Oh, it, you know, it, he, they had to resuscitate and whatever. But if he's in the ambulance on the way back to the or to the hospital, you're going to think, oh, he's probably going to be all right. That's how we think, yeah. right? Um, I almost think knowing the guy was paralyzed on the field, and I'm not saying that's always the case when someone does get that, but boy, that seems like that is what blew my mind. You might remember me talking about after that Bengals Steelers game. It was a hard hitting game. What's that been five years ago now, probably, Shazier, But, and, they actually kept hitting harder it was like yeah. it was like they never slowed down an iota
2: and i think the the big difference you are right if they knew for certainty that that, that someone was indeed paralyzed but you just they never know you know they've mm. seen and and they see this enough times precautionary 9 out of 10 person is you know heading back to their home city in 2 days
3: Shazier, it was uh, December fourth, two thousand seventeen. So five years, yeah, almost exactly five years ago. I I usually always mess up those guesses. I always think it was three years ago when it was like seven years ago. He
2: actually tweeted Shazier Uh, during tonight's after the injury tonight. Thoughts and prayers. Oh, okay, okay. okay.
3: Yeah, it makes sense. Well, I, if I remember right, he was – I thought he might have tweeted on his way to the – hot. I mean, he was – a listen, he is ste- – because he had a – I think that's over now, but he had a podcast on the Ringer Network. Oh, is that right? And uh, he was always pro-Steelers. I mean, you know, so – all right, so let's assume the game doesn't get played. All right. It was my p- prediction or it was my speculation that this would be huge. My first thought was, oh, the Bills got lucky, at least – practically, because obviously not lucky because of the player, but practically because, or let's just say they would benefit because, oh, look, they won't get caught. They won't lose the game. But then it dawned on me, I just heard today, Kansas City entering today's game was number one seed because they had, it was the tiebreaker that was going to give them number two because Bills beat them, right? That's right. They both have three losses, Mm -hmm. so if they both win out,
2: the Bills beat Kansas City during the regular season, so they would have the home field.
3: If they had both won out. Yes. Now, with one less game, the win percentage would practically be different. This tiebreaker doesn't matter. That's right. Okay. Now, to check that speculation, we looked at the odds, and it backed us up. So, McKenzie, tell us what the move was.
1: So, the Kansas City Chiefs were plus 450 this morning. They didn't play, obviously. They are now plus 380,
3: so Slight improvement? Slight improvement. It's a massive improvement. Yeah. I mean seventy cents out of four fifty. Yes. Also
1: the Cincinnati Bengals were eight to one,
3: now seven to
2: one, a similar size jump.
3: And the Bengals advantage, Faz is
2: that they clinched the division with a tie or a no play of the game because they are they go the only way that they Baltimore could catch them was Baltimore winning by tie breaks, which no longer is possible.
3: Okay. So but if they would have played since and lost to Baltimore was it and they lost this game was it likely that Baltimore would be number 1 seed or what was the Baltimore tie bre- would win the division. So there was, it wasn't about tiebreakers it was about Baltimore if he lost they the last tied. Two, they would have tied. But but they you don't tie yeah, the, they don't win even the division be 2-0
2: against them if they beat them.
3: Yeah, okay, beat them. yeah. So yeah. you're saying that it was he would have lost the division if they lost this game in the next game. That's right. And now they can't lose the division. That's they clinch right. it. If yes. there isn't a reschedule. Yes. And to me, it's massive in that Cincinnati then can rest their players next week instead of playing a, a war against the Ravens. Now they rest their starters and they have a bye going in.
2: Yeah, in fact, it just occurred to me if that does if that is the game, Baltimore and Cincinnati under probably is an exceptional wager
3: because what because
2: both, both teams will be like looking to play like yeah, a preseason. Yeah, but doesn't
3: game. the line account for that? It will at close. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're saying, oh, okay. You're saying, (laughs) and that's what's interesting because they always, we always complain when the books take games down or whatever, or take take things down during the game off the board. But sometimes it might be, you know, justified. I I wonder, Mackenzie, see if the uh, Baltimore's um, Cincy game is up anywhere. All right. Because 42 and a half. I don't see how that gets there. Cincinnati's, you know, resting all those
2: wide receivers and Burrow doesn't play, but well, maybe make it 32 and a half
3: So you agree uh, Chiefs now just need to win uh, next week and against the Raiders. Now does that make that game's to- uh, spread go up a little bit where the Chiefs are even more focused? Cuz at the cuz there was a 50% chance or so and there was steam on the Bills here. There's a more than a 50% chance Bills win. Now they got a game against the Pats. Kansas City's playing on Saturday, they might feel ambivalent. Like, yeah, we want to win, but, but, but are, Buffalo's
2: probably going to beat New England, and yeah. we're playing for number two, and so, yeah. yeah, we'd like to win. But now, all of a sudden, they're staring at, oh, just beat the heck out of the Raiders, and now I'm looking at a bye week after, you know, for certain. And, you know, the fact they get to play on – it's interesting they're playing on a Saturday, you know? So now they're going to even have an, another day before their bye week.
3: Because yes. the rationale was simple. Which was for the NFL to schedule it this way, which was before tonight they moved the Saturday games because they were flex games. Yes, and the rationale was, well, Kansas City is a team whose motivation could be neutered if the Bills got out to a big lead or whatever in yes. that game. So let's keep let's the motivation make sure clean. They're fully clean. Yes. Yeah. And now though it goes, so you would say in general the Chiefs go up. What like is it? Is it like a point and a half? Is it two points? Off nah, this spot? just a point. They would have been motivated anyways, because there would have been the
0: possibility. Solid conversation. If you want to hear more of that podcast, it is on R. J. Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed. Steve, thank you so much. We appreciate you, and uh, hope you had a happy New Year. Thank you
1: guys. Yesterday was. The final day of Bowl Mania. Bowl Mania comes to a close. It has concluded, and it started with the Quest Bowl, the formerly Bowl. known as the Outback Bowl. There was no Bloomin' Onion uh, <laughs> doing the coin toss, unfortunately. What there was was one of the wildest covers in bowl game history. It's one that you're going to see uh, on bad beats for a while. No doubt. And uh, Mississippi State, if you didn't see this game, went up three points late in the game. Yep. They scored 16 points in
0: the fourth quarter. But... Most of them came, uh, uh, or a lot of them A good came, chunk of them came at the uh, very end.
1: The final play. So Mississippi State kicks a field goal with five seconds left to mm. to take the lead, three-point lead. The line in most places, at kickoff anyway, was Mississippi State minus three and a half. Illinois decides they're going to run one play on offense. Pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo. And it, they actually made some progress. That, like They got a lot more pitches in than you would have think. Yeah but the last one as it inevitably is mm-hmm. is the one that cost them picked and up by the defense and run in for a touchdown Bulldogs take it to the house number the 19-10 cover play. and get the cover there was no drama in the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl as LSU absolutely stomped the corpse of Purdue football mm-hmm. and this what we talked about this on the pod when we did the college football pod Purdue has about 5 good players on their roster yeah and they had all five of those guys sit out this game. LSU had some opt-outs, but LSU's the guys who have never seen the field for LSU would be starters for Purdue. Absolutely. It, and it, that's what it looked like. 63-7 to 7 was the final. Not much sportsmanship being displayed there. Nope. I, I'm okay with it. Didn't bother me a single bit as LSU uh, rolls in the Citrus Bowl. The Cotton Bowl, one of – the best games of the year, honestly, of the bowl season. Well, one of the best final four and a half minutes yeah. of bowl season. Uh, this was a high-scoring game, although the if you watched the first quarter, you would have said, ooh, not a lot of points going to be scored here. Seven-nothing UFC USC lead after one. 46-45 the final. And well, let's just talk about the at, at with four minutes and
0: thirty seconds left in the game, USC kicks a field goal to go up 45-30. It is a 15-point lead when they
1: kick the football off to Tulane. Is that good? I think you're pretty comfortable there. I can tell you at that point, ESPN had it as a 99.5% win probability. It took Tulane. Oh, I'm sorry, 99.8. Yeah,
0: it took Tulane two plays and 23 seconds to get in the end zone. It was a Deuce Watts 60-yard catch and run down to the four-yard line followed by a Tajay Spears touchdown run. Bang. Now it's 45-37. The ensuing kickoff, the player calls for a fair catch and bobbles the ball out of bounds at his own one-yard line.
1: Two plays. Safety.
0: safety. <laughs> it is now 45 45- 39 uh-oh and, and after a safety you punt the ball back to the other team. Tulane gets the ball, 12 plays, 66 yards and the touchdown to go ahead
1: 46-45. And we were both uh Tulane backers yes, here. we were. I said Tajay Spears will have his way in this game against this fraudulent USC <laughs> defense at is 17 carries, 205 yards, and four touchdowns? Is that a good day for a running back? I don't know.
0: Yeah, but is, uh, <laughs> is 37 for 52 with 462
1: yards and five touchdowns a Also good day pretty good. For the Heisman Trophy winner? Also yes. against a really good secondary. <laughs> so uh, the, the USC's offense did way better than I would. I didn't think this game, if I, you if you had told me this game was played to 90 points, I would have said, well, USC won. Like, Clearly, Because yeah. they, they just didn't. They, they weren't able to stop Caleb Williams, and they weren't. And I knew USC's defense was bad. I didn't know it would be this bad. But they put and, on a, USC put on a clinic on how to lose a game in four minutes. Yeah, unreal. And even had some of that because Tajay Spears did have a fumble. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> the USC fumble luck strikes again. Uh, but Tulane with the biggest win in their program's history, 46-45 in the Cotton Bowl. And then we had the granddaddy of them all. Uh, and it was Utah and Penn State and Sean Clifford in his last football game didn't do a Sean Clifford thing <laughs> like I was like, I was like there's at some point he's going to fumble a snap he's going to throw an inexplicable interception he never did played a pretty clean game uh, Utah struggled defensively and Penn State gets to win 35-21 Cam Rising their quarterback Gets injured. He's been banged up all season long. That knee, the bulky knee goes out on him. And the the backup situation for Utah. Terrible. I turned the game off. Bryson Barnes, not, yeah. not great. I, I turned the game
0: off. So you and I were on different sides of this. You were on Penn State. I was on Utah. This was a 14-14 game going into the half. And I felt very confident in Utah's ability to win this game in the second half because – Utah was driving the ball. You know, they should have gone up 7-0 if not for a bad interception by Cam Rising. Still, the ability of them to come back and to put this game at 14-14 at the half, I felt good, especially getting the ball to start the half. They have an 11-play drive to start the second half with nothing to show for it. Took a bad tackle for loss. Penn State then scores a touchdown. It was on that possession that Cam Rising got hurt. Yeah. As soon as Cam Rising got hurt, and Penn State scores a touchdown on the 87-yard touchdown run, I turned the game off. You knew. I said, actually, I'm lying. You waited
1: until he took a pick on the ensuing interception yeah.
0: because I said, you know what? Let's this let's give the kid benefit of the doubt. Last year he came in into the Rose Bowl when Cam Rising went out. He threw a touchdown pass. So against Ohio State, let's see what he does here. And Bryson Barnes throws an interception. So that was the possession that Cam Rising came out of the game because there was 21-14, Cam Rising's in, Cam Rising goes out, Bryson Barnes throws an interception, I turn the game off, and then what do you know? Penn State goes on to win, and Utah doesn't score again until That's the like final the, possession until of the game. Until a garbage time yeah. touchdown,
1: yeah. Nick Singleton, an 87-yard touchdown. Keandre Lambert-Smith, an 88-yard touchdown. The two longest Uh, longest touchdown plays for Penn State this season came in this game I think the longest Rose Bowl touchdown pass Mm. uh, in history came in this game so uh, good finish to the season for Penn State going 11 and 2 and not the not the end of the season that Cam Rising was hoping for uh, as he leaves the game like we said with an injury although Cam Rising wasn't very effective in this game before the injury. Cam Rising's final line, eight of twenty one, ninety five yards, a touchdown, and a pick. He, yeah, he didn't have a great day, but well, I I
0: agree with you. Any he's cha- still a, the guy that can make plays and has done it in the biggest moments for that program. And, and he, he actually it, and he, he does it with his legs too. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say he did a really good job yesterday of running the football uh, and gave them a, gave them a little bit of an edge. So uh, once he went out of the game, yeah, it was it was all over but the crying. But that wraps up a fantastic bowl season. It's good that we had some good games. Yeah. You know, obviously the, you know, really all of those games, with the exception of the Purdue LSU game, were interesting games. You know, the, the the Penn State game got a little out of hand at the end, but the Tulane-USC game was fantastic. The Illinois-Mississippi State game was, it, it was wildly competitive until the very end, although not exactly a ton of action going on in that game until the very end either. Uh, but overall, I would say we got some we got some solid bowl games out of this season, especially when you consider the two playoff games being so fantastic mm-hmm. uh, over the weekend. A New Year's tradition on the ice: the Winter
0: Classic took place yesterday at Fenway Park. The Bruins and the Penguins, and uh, I was on the over in this game, and a lot of my handicap had to do with the conditions. At Fenway Park, the sun glare was going to be an issue off the ice. Players had complained about it during practice earlier in the week. And even before the game, watching the TNT broadcast, players were complaining about the visibility. Uh, It was partly cloudy, so maybe that helped with the players being able to see. I certainly thought it was going to be a detriment to the goaltenders. I thought the goaltenders were going to have a hard time seeing the puck off the stick. Uh, and not the case, a low scoring game. The Bruins who were down one, nothing score two goals in the third period and win the game two to one, uh, for the Penguins, their starting goaltender, Tristan Jari actually left the game after the first period. He got hurt and Casey DeSmith came in. He uh, made 19 saves, but he did give up the two goals in the third period. And Linus Allmark was just fantastic for Pittsburgh. So the, they win two, one. Elsewhere, there were two other games. Vegas beat Colorado 3-2. The Flyers a 4-1 win over the Ducks. The rest of the league back in action tonight and some really good games on the schedule. Hurricanes and Rangers, Carolina minus 135 with a total of five and a half. I would expect Igor Shesterkin in net for the Rangers. For the Hurricanes, I honestly don't know because they first of all, the Hurricanes have won. 11 straight games now. And during a lot of this winning streak, it's been Antti Ranta who's been in net as opposed to Pyotr Kochetkov. Kochetkov has been incredible this season. He might win Rookie of the Year. He might win the Vesna Trophy as the best goaltender. But Ranta has been on such a roll lately. Part of it, he started because Kochetko was under, uh, Kochetkov was under the weather. But in the last five starts for Ranta... Yes, he's 5-0, but he has two shutouts in there as well. So he's been playing well. I'm very curious to see who's in net for Carolina, but clearly they are starting to separate themselves as one of the best teams in the NHL. Only the Boston Bruins have more points than the Carolina Hurricanes right now. Uh, Elsewhere on the schedule tonight, you got the— kraken and oilers will do battle in the pacific northwest that one taking place in edmonton those two cities so close to each other a uh, total of six and a half i think we see some fireworks um, these two teams played each other a couple of days ago and the oilers won seven to two that was in seattle so the kraken looking for a little bit of revenge on vancouver's home ice
1: lots to hit in the nba as my calves get a win in overtime, in fact, 145 to 134. And is that good? Of those 145 points, Donovan Mitchell scored 49% of them. 71 points. Wow. For Donovan Mitchell, the most since the Kobe game. And when the Cavs went in overtime, obviously a fantastic performance for him. Wasn't the only fantastic performance last night, though. Clay Thompson. Puts up 54 points Damn. in Golden State's double overtime win over Atlanta, 143 to 141, and this was vintage Clay. 21 of 39 from the field, 10 of 21 from three point range. So a huge night for Clay Thompson. Not gr- news, not so great for a couple superstars. Zion Williamson exits the Pelicans' loss early. Uh, with a hamstring injury, he scored 26 points in 28 minutes before leaving the game. Paul George tweaked his hamstring again; his status to to be determined going forward. We talked yesterday about the run that Luca has been on, mm-hmm. right? and oh, did he go over his points, rebounds, assists? We we discussed yesterday points, rebounds, assists was set at 50 and a half. Juice yep. to the over. Mm-hmm. 39 points, which his points total was 31 and a half. Mm -hmm. Easy. 12 rebounds, 8 assists. He did it. Easy. Yeah. Easy. And the Mavs win 111 to 106. So a lot of incredible performances last night. And the Brooklyn Nets won their 12th straight game. They may never lose again. it, It is unbelievable the run that they're on after all the drama that was surrounding them this offseason. Short slate in the association tonight. The, the Bucks eight-point home favorites against the Wizards. Celtics, minus eight and a half at the Thunder. And the Sacramento Kings... Three-Point Dogs at the Jazz.
0: If you'd like to pick up a package at pregame.com, go ahead and do so with your free $25 for new users. That's right. If you are not a pregame.com member, I don't know what you're waiting for because new members get $25 free just for signing up. And if you are a member already and you have not checked your shopping cart, do it. Because all pregame members have a 23% discount sitting in their shopping cart. Part of pregame's New Year's celebration. So if you haven't used your 23% discount, go ahead and check out your shopping cart. If you are a Pregame.com member, you have, your discount is already in there. And if you're not a Pregame.com member, sign up now because you will get a free 25 Dollars. That's all available at Pregame.com for A.J. Hoffman and Steve Fezik and R.J. Bell and Mackenzie Rivers and all of us here at Pregame.com. I'm Scott Sidenberg. We will talk to you tomorrow, hopefully have really good news on Damar Hamlin as we uh, pray for his recovery.